Hello, hello, and welcome again for some empty nest decluttering, more messy nest magic for all of us. And this episode, season four, episode 14, is going to be released on Friday morning, which means if you are listening to the episodes as they come out, there will be a break of two days after this one comes out, and that is deliberate because I think this one has a lot of uh, a lot of work in it for you to do. But you can always time your listening to suit your schedule. So I'm suggesting that you give extra time to this particular episode and the things it asks you to do. That's up to you. Just a suggestion. In the past 24 hours, have you taken good care of your own basic needs, your own self-care? Where do you stand on that right now? How's your balance? If you need a little extra time to take better care of yourself, please take that time. Please do that and come back when you're ready. Thanks. In the past couple of episodes, we have been working with challenge questions. So if you still are with me on this, you have got a long list of items that you may still be adding to every day as you prepare your sanctuary. So by all means, continue the sanctuary work if you feel like it's it's getting you somewhere. If you don't want to, then don't do it. But I really think you need a critical mass. Uh, about 50 items is kind of a good number uh, for all this to kind of make sense and for you to have something to work with. But apart from that simple number thing, I also think that habit of creating your sanctuary daily and seeing it expand from one tiny space to an adjacent space or a space somewhere else in your house that eventually you connect up. I think that act of creating those spaces is really fulfilling. So I encourage you to keep up with the sanctuary work, even as we're doing this extra level of analysis at the same time. What we've been talking about in the past couple of days is coming up with good, solid, challenge questions that address the reasons why we are keeping things. So in your journal, you've got a list with four columns. For each line on that list, you've got what this object is, where you put it, why you're keeping it, just in one word, why am I keeping this? And then in the fourth column, you have the strength of the bond or the attachment between yourself and that item. How strongly attached to it are you? We looked at 
things you are keeping because they are useful. And we all have things. I mean, I have things I'm keeping because they're useful. So we rated them already and started looking at them beginning with the lowest, asking the question, if this is useful, when was the last time I used it? The point of that question is really to ask, is it the truth? I say I'm keeping this because it's useful. There are two things in there that we could challenge. First of all, I say I'm keeping it because it's useful. Is that really why I'm keeping it? And that is a different question from this other one, which is, I say this thing is useful. Is this thing really useful? So those are two very similar sounding statements, but they're a little different. One is saying, really, did you put down the right reason? Is useful the right reason, the honest reason, the truthful reason of why you're keeping this? Or is it really, is there some other reason that's stronger and ultimately keeping the thing when you when you strip everything else away, is there some other reason you're keeping the thing? And is it true that this thing you have labeled as useful really is useful? Or has it outgrown its use? Do you have multiple of them? Is there a better way? Does it pertain to something you don't need anymore? Can you use it? Can you use it up? So investigating the truth of usefulness is really what underlies the challenge question. Is it true that my reason is because it's useful? Is it true that this thing really is useful? So that is the example of things that are useful. We have also looked at things we say we are keeping because they're beautiful. And you could do the same process. You could challenge yourself. My challenge questions when I, when I talked about beautiful items were along the lines of, if this is so beautiful, when's the last time you appreciated its beauty? How do you appreciate and share its beauty? Could be another challenge question. You can come up with your own challenge questions, but what we're on here is a quest for the truth. What is the truth about why I am keeping this thing? And you may have to go through several layers of truth to really get to the heart of the matter. So don't be afraid and don't be hard on yourself. Just keep asking. And it's totally fine if an object is just too hard to deal with. It's totally fine to skip to the, something much easier. Make this as easy as you can and you'll see progress and it will be fine. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. At least not from my perspective. If you have other forces in your life, that's, I'm sorry, outside my control. But I am not asking you to do anything you don't want to or you're not ready to. Today, we are asking challenge questions about sentimental items. So on your list with the four columns, you probably have some items that you are keeping because they are sentimental. 
Well, that's a big one because it's very emotional and it's not so simple and straightforward as useful, which is kind of an easy reason when you look at it now. Sentimental. I'm keeping this because it's sentimental. So it's not going to be just one, one question and done. But you could start with the truth questions. Is it true I'm keeping this item for a sentimental reason? Is that even still true? Maybe the answer will be yes, maybe it will be no, but when you challenge the truth of it, some of the details of the sentimental attachment will become more clear to you. Am I really keeping this because it's a sentimental object? Then ask, what is the sentiment? How does this thing make me feel when I think of it or hold it? How do I feel when I think of not having this item anymore? So do this with an actual real object. Ask yourself, how does it feel to think about not having this? And pause, do a body scan, relax, notice if your body feels differently when you bring forward the thought of no longer having this item, what comes to mind? How do you physically feel? Does it bring about a change or is it just kind of no difference whether you're thinking about letting go of this thing or not? So here's another way you could approach a sentimental item. It's just with a statement. The reason I keep this item is because it reminds me of such and such. So how do you feel when you think about such and such? Maybe such and such is a person or it could be an event. Maybe something reminds you of your wedding. How do you feel when you think of your wedding? Or maybe it reminds you of a person. I'm keeping this item because it reminds me of my mother. How do you feel when you think of your mother? You can ask the question in whatever way is comfortable for you, trying very hard to get to the truth of the feeling. And another step here may, for some people and for some objects at some times, you may find there's some kind of unfinished business and you can't let go of the object because you haven't finished emotionally something, something here. And maybe you don't want to finish emotionally and that is your choice. But is there unfinished business? Is there unfinished obligations, a sense of guilt, a sense, and it doesn't have to be deep traumatic guilt. It can be shallow guilt. It can be, you know, they gave me this for a wedding present. And even though I haven't seen those people for 30 years, I still feel I should hold on to it. You know, that's a sense of obligation. When you 
look it straight in the eye, you know. Is it true that I'm holding on to this for sentimental reasons? Well, not really. I'm holding on to it because of a sense of obligation. It was a gift and it doesn't feel right to just give it away. But think about that. The person who gave you the gift, if it was a gift, gave it freely, no strings attached, gave it because they thought it was a nice thing. When you give someone a nice thing, do you expect them to treat it like a museum piece and keep it forever and never really use it? Or do you sort of implicitly give them permission to deal with it as their own? And, you know, maybe it's time you allowed yourself to truly own your own possessions, right up to the point of having the ability to say goodbye to them. No one else is telling you what you must do with this object. You totally get to decide that. So sentimental objects are a huge category because we have so many different ways of feeling a sentimental attachment. It could be a very happy or a very sad one. So it is difficult to generalize, but it's not difficult to ask the question about, am I telling myself the truth? Or better still, what is the truth about me and this object? What is the truth? And understanding that truth, how could this be of any practical help, you may be wondering. Well, you may have a basement full of things that you're keeping because of what you think is a sentimental attachment to someone. So-and-so gave it to me, so it's very special because I honor their memory. And that is laudable and lovely. But it's costing you something. It's costing you energy or you wouldn't be here. It's in some way created a situation you would like to change. So the essence is you still honor and love that person. Whether they're still alive or not, you still treasure that relationship. You don't feel secure about letting go of those objects. Perhaps underlying that is some fear that when the objects are gone, so will be that sweet memory. And as I say that, I'm sure you already realize that those are two different things. Objects are one thing, memories are another. This is more an example for you rather than a lesson or an instruction. But the heart of this lesson is for sentimental objects in particular. The challenge question is, what is true about my relationship with this object? So again, this kind of deep dive can be intellectually and emotionally tiring. So please don't overload yourself. Please listen to me when I say self-care comes first. Please practice it. 
and use your journal till you can use it no more. Thoughts come up. Memories are stirred. This is normal, really normal. So don't overload yourself. And however it comes to you is how it comes to you. Some people are naturally drawn to expressing their thoughts on paper and others never do it. And so to those who aren't in the habit, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really feel like it has such a big effect. It may be something you you grow into or it may be something that just is never going to be your outlet. But when I say use your journal, for me that is exactly what I mean, use your journal. <laughs> but I know lots of people who would rather and who would get more benefit from doing something quite different. So some people are naturally artists and would like to express their emotion in an artistic way. Others are very body oriented and would like to just move. Whether it's a dance or a walk, it doesn't have to be what we would, you know, in quotes say creative. Um, it's that burning of energy, it's that release of tension. And it's totally fine. Whatever your outlet is, is what you need to um, combine with this process. So I keep saying journaling because for me, journaling is such a great tool and for many others as well. And if you've not journaled and if you're not in a habit and you want to try it, but you don't know what to do, simply go to a blank page and write whatever is on your mind. You don't need a format. You, no one's going to mark this. No one's going to read this. No one's going to analyze it. You can throw it away the, the next day if you want. It's that act of expressing your thoughts. And if all you write down is anger, 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 or love, 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 or peace, 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 that's fine. That's, that is, in some ways, an artistic performance that releases the emotion for you. Big day today, I warned you. Sentimental objects are perhaps the most challenging for most of us. And self-care has to come first. One of the mottos of messiness decluttering is first we manage our attachments and then we manage our stuff. So it's understanding the attachments that really liberates us so that we can treat objects like objects rather than treating objects as if they were people. And I'll say one more time, I am never asking you to get rid of something you're not ready to say goodbye to. That's not my intention here. My intention is more along the lines of helping you so that when you feel the need to get rid of things, it will be easy for you. It will be a, an act you've prepared for for a very long time. And it might be today or it might be in a year. You know, there's no, um, I'm not setting a timer on you. You can set that for yourself, whatever's appropriate to your life. I would like you to go with your journal to your sanctuary and keep working 
on withdrawing your magic number of things every day and setting aside time to use challenge questions and observe how much it affects your desire to keep holding on to every single thing on your list. When you feel ready, let go of things. If you don't feel ready, try to understand the attachment. Wow, I've said a lot, and thank you for listening. I know you might need to listen to this more than once. I'll remind you, you can speed up the playback. <laughs> Find on your app a little gear symbol. It's maybe different from phone to phone and computer to computer, but the little gear symbol on the Anchor FM app and on most podcast playbacks will allow you to change the playback speed. And until next time, thank you very much for being here. I'll see you soon. Bye now.